I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 601 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today we begin our climb to episode 700 of the podcast. If you missed out on my milestone 600th episode, you got to flip it back one and check out my interview with Sadhguru, the mystic and yogi, joined me here. Now, he is a dad from India. Today, we have another dad from India. Dinesh D'Souza joins me on the podcast today. Dinesh is joining me for his second interview on First Class Fatherhood. Last time he stopped by, he was here with his daughter, Danielle D'Souza Gill. Today, we are going to be discussing his new film, 2000 Mules, which is a revelation on how the 2020 presidential election was rigged. I understand the nature of this topic is a hot-button issue. For me, my oldest son will be eligible to vote for the first time in the 2024 presidential election. Uh, So the security of the election has been a topic of conversation around our dinner table. Dinesh D'Souza is a filmmaker and best-selling author. He is always very well prepared for debate. He keeps a cool head about himself even when the debates start to get heated. His books and documentaries are always very well-researched. 2,000 Mules was screened earlier this week for the first time down at President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago, and it will be available in theaters and available to stream this weekend. The link to 2,000 Mules is in the description of today's podcast episode. I'm extremely honored to have Dinesh back on the podcast. Dinesh D'Souza will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Dinesh D'Souza was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation between the filmmaker and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. Link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And just a quick note on that, there is a very good possibility that this episode will be pulled down off of YouTube. So in the event of that happening, I will be posting this uh, interview with Dinesh D'Souza up on my Rumble page that I started. Uh, You'll find the link to my Rumble page down there in the description as well. And if you enjoy this interview with Dinesh, you'd probably like to go check out my interviews that I've done with Eric Trump, Mike Pompeo, Sean Hannity, Rudy Giuliani, Michael Knowles, Mike Lindell, and many other dads that have joined me on the podcast here. So go through the archives and check them all out. And don't forget, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads is now available online in bookstores everywhere near you. Go check out a copy. You'll see many familiar dads that you've heard right here on the podcast included in the book. Please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to find out all the upcoming guest announcements. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. I'm going to be right back with Dinesh D'Souza. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father Dinesh D'Souza. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you very much. Great to be on the show. Yeah, last time I had you on here, you joined me with your daughter, Danielle. So give us an update. How is Danielle? How is she doing? She's doing just great. She's, uh, in fact, uh, actively involved in helping me uh, promote this uh, new movie. And, uh, you know, we're a small film team and we're releasing a film in the age of censorship. So we have to develop a whole novel business plan to navigate around the walls of censorship we're doing that. The movie has tremendous traction. So this is a one of these um, one of these projects in which the whole family is very involved. 
Yeah, and 2,000 Mules, uh, I'm going to jump into it. It's such an important, timely movie, obviously, Dinesh. So I'm going to jump into that in just a second. But one thing that's really troubling to me uh, as a father, I'm in New Jersey here. I have a second grader, my youngest, my only girl. Uh, she's in Catholic school, thank God. But here in New Jersey in the fall, they're going to begin teaching sexual orientation to second graders. And it has really blown my mind. And we know that the indoctrination at the college level runs deep. We've seen that for years. Now it seems as though, is this the game plan here? Is it to now go into the kindergarten and up? Is that what the game plan is here going forward? And what's your take uh, on this craziness? I mean, I think that it is very uh, disturbing because it's not just a matter that they're trying to racially indoctrinate these young children. It's that they are trying to corrupt their innocence. I mean, one of the most beautiful things about childhood is that there's that innocence and that sense of wonder. And by the way, that innocence is very important to learning because it allows you to ask the kind of simple questions. Why is the sky blue? Why is the world the way it is? And that's really what parents and children, that's the kind of dialogue you want them to engage in. So the left is really interfering and, and, and moving in here into what should be a very um, private sphere within the family uh, and what they're trying to do is sow the seeds of really, I think, destruction and self-destruction among our children. Yeah, I, I can't honestly see any benefit to doing this whatsoever. And isn't it interesting that like conservative parents always fear sending their kids. Well, I have a, a 16 year old, uh, you know, he's going to be a junior in high school. He'll be looking at colleges. Conservative parents always fear they're going to send their kids to school. and They're going to come out hating America and, and all this other stuff. But it's, it, liberals never have to seem to fear about sending their kid to college and them coming out draped in the American flag, loving God and, and loving the country. Right. And that's because the liberals know that they dominate these institutions like academia. Now, when I first wrote about this, going back to the 1990s, you know, academia was like a lunatic asylum uh, within a larger, generally wholesome country. Uh, but what has changed is that these same left wingers graduate from school. They then go on into the media. They go into the legal profession. They go into the CIA. And so what we've seen is the kind of woke ideology now moving outside of academia into the culture more generally and doing a much broader damage or harm than merely in an academic precinct. Yeah, yeah, scary, scary time for parents in this country right now, no doubt. And listen, let's get into this uh, 2000 Mules talk about uh, scary. Now, this is a topic, obviously, that can get you banned easily on social media, on YouTube. We just seen Mike Lindell come back to Twitter and get banned within a few hours. Uh, so anything dealing with this, obviously, Dinesh, Something went wrong here in the 2020 elections. This is, uh, Joe Biden gets more votes than any other president in history. I think most common sense people know something was off here, but it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. So 2000 mules. Do we prove it here that this thing was rigged? Yes, we not only prove it in the sense this is not a mathematical proof. It is true that we have all this. And when I say we here, I want to emphasize that the research group behind this was through the vote. This is an election intelligence group that bought the geo-tracking or cell phone geospatial data uh, from the key areas where the election was decided, Atlanta, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia. And they did this from October 1, which is early voting, all the way through Election Day. And what they're able to identify is the cell phone movements of these so-called mules. Who's a mule? A professional paid trafficker who's hired by a left-wing organization to dump fraudulent and illegal ballots into mail-in drop boxes. We found 2,000 of these mules in these five states, and, and that's the geo-tracking data. 
And then what's amazing, and for me as a movie maker, fantastic, is it is supplemented by video surveillance evidence where you can see the mules, they're caught in the act. It's like, you know, it's an eerie flashback to 2020. You can actually see the crime being committed. We put you at the scene of the crime. Well, Dinesh, does the film include, because one thing, one question I have about this is to run some kind of large scale operation like this. I mean, even I'm, I'm going to be doing an interview with my first made member of the mafia soon here. And even members of the mob, I mean, these guys flipped on their own. They technically brought themselves down with their own mouths. It's got to be impossible to run this type of large scale operation without somebody flipping. Have you guys been able to get one of these guys that were paid to flip and then track the source to see where this stuff was coming from? Yes, and we have uh, one of the really highlights of the movie is an interview with a mule from Arizona. Now, this is somebody who was arrested but cooperated with the police and therefore was able to be part of the, mu the movie. We camouflage her identity, at least partially, but you can actually hear her speak. And it's fascinating to get the story from the mule's own point of view. Of course, what all these whistleblowers and informants say is that this is something that's like normal to them. This is something that's been going on. We got to remember the Democrats are the party of voter fraud. They've been doing it since the 19th century. You go back to Tammany Hall, immigrants are coming off the boat. Democrats are there to meet them. Here's a ballot. You sign here. We'll fill out all the rest. Here's some money for a bottle of whiskey. Or go talk to my friend Fred. He'll give you a job on the loading dock. So this idea of what, what made the 2020 election different was the rules, the new rules of COVID. Millions of mail-in ballots thousands of these mail-in drop boxes. So the fraudsters decided we've been doing this fraud for 150 years. Let's just scale it up. And that's what created the widespread coordinated fraud that, in my view, determined the outcome of the 2020 election. Wow. Just crazy stuff. Dinesh. Like I said, my oldest is 16. He's going to be eligible to, to vote for the first time in the 2024 elections. He's excited for it. But at the same time, he's got that trepidation here because the last two elections, uh, Hillary told you that it was stolen by the Russians and Trump for three years. They hounded on that. Now Trump win, uh, lo loses this election, supposedly. And he says, hey, it was raining against me. So my son's asking me, dad, does my vote really matter here? Is it always just going to be corrupted and they pick? How do we encourage these young voters, Dinesh, that their vote does matter and to not be so deterred by all of the stuff that's happened over these last two elections? Well, I think the most important thing is I would have your son watch the movie. Now, admittedly, that will dispel some of his innocence because he's going to see, wow, here in the United States of America, all the civics book stuff that we've been taught, that I was taught when I came to America at the age of 17. And I believe this most of my adult life. You walk into a voting booth, you pull the curtain, you cast a ballot, then there's a legitimate and authentic count. Uh, you know, we have seen our faith shaken in these basic institutions and it's shaken in the FBI, in the media, and now even in the election process. So being aware of what happened and seeing it with your eyes and then digesting it, really thinking about it, that's the first step to fixing it. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say in my next question, Dinesh, is obviously uh, we, we hear that asking for voter ID is racist somehow, even though if you want to get a library card, you got to show ID. So I don't know how that became a, a racial thing to show ID. But what is the single most important number one thing you think we could do to help secure the elections moving forward? I don't know if I if I have a single thing. Well, I can throw out a suggestion that comes to really almost to the top of my head. We need surveillance on every mail in Dropbox, because think about it. These mules and in the movie, by the way, you see these guys, they're in hoodies. They come out of their car, they park in the middle of the street and they don't mind doing that because it's 3 a.m. in the morning. I mean, who votes at 3 a.m., right? 
They look to the left and right, make sure no one's coming down the street. Uh, then they open their backpack, out come all these ballots. Um, you notice that they're wearing gloves so they don't leave fingerprints on the ballots because there was a bust in Arizona where the FBI found that ballot stuffers had left their fingerprints on multiple ballots. So the word has gone out among the mules, wear gloves. And then once they are dumping these ballots, you see them taking photos, not of themselves, not a selfie, uh, not I voted, but rather they're taking photos of the ballots to be able to go to these left wing organizations and say, look, we were there. We did the job. We need to get paid. We put the ballots in. Apparently they get paid $10 a ballot. So this is a coordinated operation that the left and the Democrats set up for the swing states and they pulled it off. They were counting on the Republicans to be too dumb to figure it out. And for the most part, the Republicans were. It took an outside organization through the vote to be able to bust this fraud. Incredible. And I know that social media played a huge factor in this as well. We've seen with the Zuckerberg uh, and his influence over the election as well. And now we see the big news, obviously, lately has been Elon Musk buys Twitter. And now uh, the Obama team starts this ministry of truth. So everything seems to be uh, piling up for just going to be what is like going to be a disastrous political scene coming in 2024. What is your take on the Elon Musk buying Twitter and this Ministry of Truth being set up here uh, by the Obama administration? Well, the Ministry of Truth is actually a ministry of lies, but no ministry of lies ever goes by that title. No one ever says, let's set up a ministry of lies. The liars recognize that you've got to set up a ministry of truth in order to tell the lies. And so the classic example is the material in my movie. They've been calling it a big lie to question the election. And all I want to do is play video after video after video after video of these ballot stuffing mules and see if they can maintain that lie with a straight face. I don't think they're gonna be able to do it. I think you're gonna see the left now switching to more nuanced arguments. Maybe these were legal votes merely delivered in an illegal way, Dinesh. They're gonna to try to cover their tracks because no one who watches this movie isn't going to be deeply shaken by the end and recognize that something is fundamentally wrong in, in the way that in the COVID era, we're conducting elections in this country. Yeah, I, I, I smell a rat. I mean, there's no hard to be a common sense person, not see something was wrong here. Obviously, I'm going to put a link in the description of this podcast episode to 2000 Mules. And then just jumping on one thing real quick, Dinesh, I know I spoke with you a little bit about it last time you were here. I harp on it on the show all the time about the fatherless crisis we have going on in our country. I think breaking the nuclear family apart is what's given these guys direct access to our children and why we're starting to see them, you know, give this sexual orientation stuff in schools and stuff. But also, I wanted to point out, Governor DeSantis signed this fatherhood bill where he's going to be pouring money into trying to support our fathers in in Florida. I would love to see more states follow through with that. Uh, how important, Dinesh, is it to solve this nuclear family unit issue that we have in our country before we start solving all these other social issues? Well, let me say a word about that. But if, if I may, before that, uh, 2000mules.com. That's the place to find out. There are five different ways to see the movie, but you got to do it through the website. That's where you can join the virtual premiere and watch at home, digitally download the movie, order DVDs, the whole deal. So the number 2000mules.com. Here's something that I'd like you to think about. You know, growing up in India, I grew up in a middle-class family, had a nice home, didn't miss any meals. But right next to our house were this large, huge set of slums. People living in destitute conditions, third world conditions, you know, the begging bowl of the world. And I thought to myself sometime when I was in India, that's the worst place to be to grow up in the world. And then when I came to America and learned a lot about what was happening in some of our inner cities, not just the inner city ghettos, but the barrios and some of the American Indian reservations, I realized, no, those places are worse. 
they're worse because they lack the family structure. Because even if you're extremely poor, you might lack uh, possessions. You might lack, you may not even have three meals a day. But if you are plucked out of that environment and put into a decent environment, you're going to flourish. And that's because you're, you've got your head on your shoulders, you're willing to work. You don't lack any of those things. You just lack opportunity. But what's happened is we've seen this cultural dysfunction in our cities. And, 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 the, and again, I think democratic policies have contributed to making that happen. It's not just that it happened and we don't know how to solve it. It's been the creation of public policy. Yeah, and you would think by now, Dinesh, that we'd, they'd be able to point to one city and say, look, here is the liberal policies that have worked and built this city. Look at it. Here is this golden calf that we built. Well, we don't have that. We, we, you, would, you would think uh, after 40 years of democratic control, these cities would be flourishing right now if these policies worked. But there's nowhere we can point to and say, look, here it is. Exactly right. So I, I agree. I think the fatherhood problem is critical. Uh, the election problem is critical because, frankly, if you don't have free and fair elections, then our country is a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy. If you go back to the old, you know, Eastern Europe under the Soviet regime uh, was called uh, East Germany was called the German Democratic Republic. So it had the democratic name, but the, but it was merely a name. This was just a, a facade, a veneer. We don't want to join those kinds of countries that pose as democracies, but are not democracies in fact. And that's why I think this movie is important. It puts a spotlight where the media does not want you to look. They'll do their best to ignore and if not vilify uh, the evidence presented in this movie. But I would urge Democrats, independents to see the movie for themselves. Their eyes are going to be open. It's not just that you smell a rat. You're going to see the rat. <laughs> Listen, I, I love all your uh, your movies, Dinesh. I love the way that you point out the way that the history of the Democratic Party gave us the KKK. Uh, when you point out facts like no Republican owned a slave at the beginning of the Civil War. And it, it just seems like uh, it, it, it's hard to get Democrats to see this. But they always point to that big switch and they say, oh, the party switched. I know that you broke that down and destroyed that in your previous film. But what have you had any early feedback from from liberals or from the left so far for 2000 mules? Have they tried to dispute this in any way? What's been their feedback so far? Well, in fairness, the movie opens this week. So I've put out a trailer. The trailer gives you a pretty good preview of what you're going to see in the movie. It's, but it, it's obviously the tip of the iceberg. What's interesting is I released my initial trailer in early February. So it's been out several months. Not a single fact check on it. I mean, on the topic that is the most fact checked in the world, not a single fact check because I think the leftists look at it and they go, oh, whoa, I don't want to challenge this because I know this guy's got a whole lot more where that came from. It's going to make me look like an idiot. And so these guys have been maintaining this dead silence, sort of pretending it doesn't exist. Problem is that the train has left the station. The movie is in 300 theaters. It's, it's going to be all over the place. Trump, of course, has been trumpeting it. And so it's going to be seen by millions of people and a lot of eyes are going to be opened. Awesome. Incredible stuff. I know you're full speed ahead here on 2000 Mules. Is there anything coming beyond this? You working on any other projects right now? What's coming up beyond this? Well, typically I do a book and normally I release it with the movie, but we rush so much to get this movie out. The book's going to come out in the fall, but it's going to have more detail. It's kind of going to have chapter and verse. There's certain things you can do in a book, footnotes and so on that you can't do in a movie. Movie's only 90 minutes. So I'm excited about working to finish the book and then the book will come out and the book reinforces the movie. The movie supports the book. Uh, it's my one two punch in all these issues. Awesome. Again, the link to the movie is in the description of today's podcast episode. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Dinesh, I know I asked you last time, see what you got for us this time here. I'd love to ask all the dads that come on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? 
Well, my advice is is not, at least not initially, to try to be a, quote, friend to your kid, but rather to be a dad. Uh, and that's a different role. You are, in fact, the guide and the leader. Uh, there will be a time when your kids are grown and they're married to be their friend. But that time is not in the ages from zero to uh, 17, uh, in which in which um, in those years, your job is to be their dad and not their pal. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. Always an honor to speak to you. Dinesh D'Souza, your first class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here at First Class Fatherhood. I appreciate it. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dinesh D'Souza for giving me a few minutes of his time here and coming back on the podcast. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. If you'd like to check out 2,000 Mules, you can stream it from the link that you'll find in today's show notes. Also in the show notes, you'll find the link to my new book, First Class Fatherhood Advice and Wisdom from High Profile Dads. If you do buy the book and you check it out, please, if you enjoy it, leave me a review on Amazon that goes a long way to help me out. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.